Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm Will. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from devious dancing to dangerous doors. And today we're talking about the Durgar. So today we're talking about the Duergar, Brian. And that's, that's what I said. It is. It is what Hell you yeah, said. Let's and, do it, it. and it was correct. <laughs> so the Duergar are a subrace of dwarves um, known as the Grey Dwarves. Um, and they carve out an existence deep in the Underdark. And they also have a terrible reputation for cruelty, violence, slavery, and having a general disposition of dour, pessimistic, and untrusting creatures. One of these, huh? Yeah, they're just they're just nasty. God, highs and lows in this podcast, mostly lows. <laughs> Indeed. Well, you know, it's the nature of Dungeons and Dragons. You're you're fighting monsters, so exactly. you're talking about a lot of nasty things. A lot of nasty boys. So, um, Duergar, for the most part, are um, depicted as bald and ashen gray skinned dwarves with white beards and amber eyes. This extends to the females as well. Okay. Um, so everyone's bearded. Everyone's bearded here. and everyone's bald. I feel I feel like there's a lot of jokes about. Female dwarves with beards, but that's not a joke. Yeah. Well, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. It really depends on your setting and your edition. And it's a stylistic choice. And yeah, I indeed. mean, girl dwarves with facial hair, deal with it. Indeed. <laughs> they also are depicted as dressing in very, very drab and simple clothing to blend in with the stone. Because as we've established many times before, the Underdark is quite a dangerous place. Yes. And they live here. So Yeah, camouflage. Yeah. So these dwarves are wearing camo. Yeah, basically, <laughs> basically. Now they now they were uh, once simply a clan of dwarves that lived on the surface with their mountain and hill kin, and they were themselves mountain or hill dwarves. It, it seems like they were mountain dwarves, but it's neither here nor there. Um, so, but now and and from time immemorial at this point, so the Duergar and the rest of dwarven kind have waged a war of bitterness and resentment, resentment that will never, probably ever end. Okay. Yeah. So the Duergar and dwarves are mortal enemies, much how the drow and elves are. In, in a lot of ways, you could see the Duergar are kind of like the drow for dwarves. 
Yes, I um, mean that immediately is what it sounds like. Yeah, it's like they live in the underdark. They're ugly and mean and cruel, and they're slaving. They, they they're slave. Well, yeah. that's just an underdark thing. Like, <laughs> it's just a lot of slavery in the underdark. A lot of slavery in Great. the underdark. I mean, the Illithids, the uh, the Darrow, the Drow, the Duergar. God, you're right. Every they time all enslave. The, the Beholders the enslave as well. Like everyone enslaves in the underdark. It's just the way things are done down there. And the Beholders enslaving like groups like that are enslaving other groups. I feel like. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so, like, it wasn't... Hmm. So the transformation of the Duergar clan underwent and the events that kind of led to the great division between them and, and their kinsmen mm-hmm. can be seen from two points of views. Um, but let me... Okay, let me just tell you the tragic tale of Clan Duergar. I'm ready for the All story. Right. All right, let's let our story begin. <laughs> so our story begins in age past when the world was new. And at this time, uh, the dwarves as a whole were very content and comfortable creatures. Uh, they they dwelled in their homes uh, in the hills and mountains. They were rich with ore and valuable stone gems, and they never needed to dig too deeply to remain so. Everything a dwarf needs. Everything a dwarf needs, and we're all happy. Yeah. Um, now, how Until one day. How accurate this is, uh, I don't know. I don't know how happy they actually were. Accurate enough to tell the story. Indeed. So at some point, though, um, some of the clan's members from the clan of Duergar became obsessed with the idea of delving deep into the Underdark. Now, this strange obsession ends up spreading amongst the clan miners, who continually insist that um, there's a great trove of gold and iron to be found there. Okay. They, they must simply dig further to find it. Right. And so um, this obsession actually ends up growing amongst this clan like a disease, and it consumes the entire clan. Um, all activity not related to delving deeper gets completely ceased. Okay. Uh, the forges grow cold, the temples to Morinin are abandoned, and every dwarf old enough to wield a pick work the mines. They're like, what are you doing? Stop that. We digging. Exactly. That's exactly Get what happened. Get over here. And they relentlessly dug, hacked, and tunneled deeper and deeper. And slowly but surely, the weakest of them began to die of exhaustion. Oh, God. From this, like, obsessed frenzy of a dig. So this is like a, um, like the Hobbit storyline kind of feels like you know how they have this that obsession about the horde oh, yeah, or whatever where, where the the king was getting dragon sickness yeah they get yeah. they get brain sick yeah exactly it's it's it is something like that um it's very obvious that this isn't normal what's happening to the clan here so uh when when some of the dwarves start to die like they don't even spare a moment for the dead they just push the body aside and keep digging okay like it's getting to that level they're getting buried in the in the excess dirt and stuff right. oh no and so this continues until by the time they finally break through to a, a cavern their numbers have been greatly reduced and mm-hmm. those that are still around are weak and exhausted and here in this cavern that they finally break through to they find the source of their obsession and they find an elder brain and a colony of mind flayers. Who, oh no! <laughs> yep, the dwarves and it ends up the dwarves have been caught by a psychic lure that preyed on their greed. I was going to ask, like, yeah. why if they're starting to die and they're all, and everyone is tired, mm-hmm. then like, what's happening? Yeah, this is exactly. not normal. It, exactly, it wasn't normal. Yeah, it was, it was almost supernatural. <laughs> they they broke through the wall. It's like surprise. Basically, Davy Jones came <laughs> and took them. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> so um, now, in their weakened state, the Illithids easily enslave them. Yeah, and uh, not only did they find the dwarves to be able-bodied slaves, but uh, for generations, the Duergar ended up undergoing psionic surgeries and experimentation. That 
changed them both physically and granted them new abilities. God, the elephants are busy. Oh yeah, they're busy. <laughs> they're busy, all right. Um now now this this slavery to the elephants, like I said, it, it, it happened for generations until eventually a leader amongst the Duergar rose and led them to freedom, much like the Gith. Kind of like the Gith. Okay. So the mighty warrior uh Ladagur is is the name of this leader and um, the way that he ended up putting himself in a place to to lead the Duergar to freedom was he ends up uh, striking a deal with Asmodeus. Oh, shit. So Asmodeus makes a deal with Lodiger, basically saying, like, look, I don't like the drow, and I don't like their queen, because she's a problem. She's a demon. Remember, yes. Lolth is a demon, and she doesn't really take... Demon god. She's a demon and yeah. a god. She's a demon lord and a god, and her success upset says Asmodeus. Sure. Or like totally. it's, it's just it's not good for the nine hells. And he doesn't really he's kind of busy. He doesn't have any agents working in the inner dark. He doesn't have any real good way to get to Lolth. He's like he's like going over his books and he's like, God, I hate Lolth, but I just I got so much <laughs> but to I'm do. Busy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so basically the deal is like, I here's will, a prayer I in will, the distance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I will help you and your people free themselves from the Illithids if you swear to me that you and your people will help me thwart Lolth in any way that you can. And Lodiger is like, well, yeah, I'll take any deal. I yeah, can whatever, get. whatever, dude. Just get yeah. me out of here. <laughs> so with the help of the Lord of the Nine, they overthrow the Illithids. Okay. And, um, what does that look like? Do we know? Because that sounds <sighs> awesome. I, we don't really know. It wasn't the really The sprout devil wings and yep. they just start spitting so, fire. <laughs> We're going to talk a little bit about 4th edition. Uh, I guess we could talk about it now. So in in all other editions, not 4E, it doesn't so much lean into the whole Asmo and Devil thing. It's just they struck a deal and there's like this loose, um, what's the word I'm looking for, contract between the Duergar and Asmodeus. But nothing truly binding. In 4E, they just lean straight into it and like, no, they're all about Asmo and they serve the the Nine Hells and they actually end up getting like devil-like features where they get like these weird like poison spines and all their beards. Yes, hair okay, and, that's like, what I was looking like, for. Reddish tint. and Like, like they become they almost like, like devilish. Yeah, they're almost like tiefling dwarves. Ooh. And I think it's cool, that's, personally. That's that... Mm, delicious flavor I needed. Right. And that's fourth edition strictly. Though. Thanks, 4E. You're yeah. always coming in clutch when things are not clear. I know, right? So, um, so yeah, so they 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 free themselves from the Elithids, and Lodiger ends up leading his people back to the surface to rejoin the dwarfs. Okay. It's been a few hundred years at this point. <laughs> they're like, oh yeah. <laughs> well, surprisingly <laughs> enough, they're actually met with open hostility. And uh we're going to talk about why. <laughs> Tainted! So, so the Duergar had long ago been labeled as heretics who, despite the omens and warnings of Moradin, had abandoned their forges, their temples, and their children. Oh. Yeah. So the clergy declared that the Duergar, in their greed and contempt of the Allfather Moradin, were to be excommunicated. Uh, Lodiger, of course, was trying to explain, um, you know, what actually happened. But this explanation ends up falling on deaf ears, <laughs> which isn't too surprising. Dwarves are pretty stubborn yeah. creatures. But oh man, though, what a bad time to be stubborn! Just yeah. like hey, at least hear this guy out. He, uh, He's been through it. Yeah. I, okay, we're gonna talk about this in a second. Let me let me. Finish I can only the imagine the other though. dwarves like finding a bunch of kids. Like, what are you guys doing here? Right. Like, oh, dad went off to fucking yeah. Mine they just abandoned all their children. Yeah. <laughs> so feeling both. Failed and betrayed by uh, Morden and the dwarves, uh, Ludiger leads his people back to the Underdark and then proclaims that the will, that the Duergar as a people would not rest until they destroyed Morden and everything he stood for. Well, I mean, like, 
in in hindsight, if you let him back, he's infused with asthma energy and he's going to topple you from the inside. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so this kind of works out. This proclamation uh, against Moradin is what sparks the war between the dwarves and Duergar that is waged to this day. Okay. Now, we we really got this story from the Duergar's point of view, which I think is a good thing, and it definitely paints them as kind of victims. Yes. But I will say this. Moradin is a lawful good deity, and he does not lie. And Moradin basically said that he gave them a chance to break free from the Illithids. Um, oh. Um, mind control. Lo- mind control. They're but th- their thrall. greed, yeah, their greed was too great. He sent them omens. He sent them uh, visions. He he tried to give them a chance, but they turned away from him. So Moradin's pissed. Okay. Now, where, where it kind of breaks for me when it comes to like I think the Duergar are victims it's like okay but yeah but that was generations ago like this is a new subset of dwarves maybe you should give them a shot you know what I mean sure but that's not how gods work the gods in D&D are much like the Greek gods yeah you know what I like mean? nah you've, you've scorned me and now yeah. it's like that's now your it. people are cursed yeah yeah so <laughs> there that is you're extra cursed you yeah. took a you, you've been like brainwashed by Illithids you've <laughs> fucking reached out to Asmo so right. now you're you're go- you're gone at this point right and now your your home god is like nah get the fuck out right <laughs> Right. And uh, and again, like from the dwarves point of view, it's like these people abandon their children and they abandon the shrines and temples and they abandon their. Forces. Yeah. For like no reason. Yeah. And then they've been gone for hundreds of years. And now you're and now they want now back. your beards are white. We can't. And now hang your beards with you. are white and you're weird, ugly and bald. Nah, nah. Get <laughs> right. out of here. And with that being said, let's take a short rest. <laughs> Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. 
Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome to the part of the episode we're not talking about the last thing we were talking about. It's yucky. We're going to talk about this new thing. It's real good and bright and tasty. It's love. Thank you for thank you for listening to the show. If you can hear the sound of my voice, I love you. I as well. Thank you, Will. I was I stared at Will glaringly until he said it. Um, we have a couple of things we want to talk to you about. The first one is if you want to support the show, you're doing so by listening to the show. But if you want to support us even further, you can click a link to our Patreon that's down below. There are lots of uh, different tiers and cool bonus content for uh, anything that fits your budget. We really, really appreciate it. If you guys uh, aren't able to donate to the show in this way, I understand. Will understands. We get it. Money, money. Yes. So please tell somebody about the show, though. That would be freaking awesome. We would really appreciate that. Um, otherwise, do you like our project? You, I hope you do since you're listening to it. We have another project that um, we've started on a different YouTube channel, and it's called GDC Plays. That's right. And that's where you can see people from the Dungeon Cast regular lineup of hosts well it's me and will but it's a couple other people if you are on our patreon you're familiar with them it's like jacob casada and josh freeland um we're all going to be playing video games and things of that nature um will's already uh doing some stuff with his sister Mm -hmm. uh, kiki and uh it's pretty cool so if you like pokemon or zombies or smash brothers or um we're going to be getting into other art role-playing games go check that out tdc plays it's on youtube um other than that i think we should get back to the show back to the show we've returned indeed we have so um so yeah so that was the story of the duogar it's a really tragic messed up one yeah and it only kind of continues to get worse there's only a little bit of blame on them it's like yeah i mean the truth of the matter is they were victims but i you know there are two sides to the story but you, the fact is dwarves like, lives would be easier if they were just a little more understanding yeah just <laughs> a little less stubborn so after uh, millennia of war and seclusion, the Duergar have become a deeply bitter, grim, and cynical people. Uh, furthermore, their former leader, Lodagor, he's now been gifted the spark of divinity from Asmodeus for their bargain. Oh, wow. And he's become their chief deity. Oh, wow. And in his rejection... Like, I'm going to make my own loth. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and in his rejection of all things Dwarven and all of Morden's teachers, he's he's led the Duergar to become a, a dark reflection of Dwarven society. They all wear stilts. Like, <laughs> we will never be this short. <laughs> no, they don't always... <laughs> Jesus. No, but like, okay, so like dwarven traditions, like the pursuit of beautiful creations or uh, close knit family bonds or no. the ideals of honor, all those are considered dead and useless lies of Morden. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Fuck all those teachings. So <laughs> we got new teachings now. Uh, so Lodegar has set down three rules of conduct that predicate Duergar, society, and culture. And uh, they're all really stupid, but let's get into them. <laughs> 
Okay. So the first uh, uh, of his rules is called Our Pockets Are Never Full. The Duogar are to ever seek prestige, wealth, and power, and they are never to be sated or satisfied in these achievements. No matter how much is gained, it is never enough. All their money is in stock. Indeed. All their gold is, is in, you know, the system. Right. Uh, <laughs> rule number two. Our fight is never done. In order to hold on to one's wealth, prestige, and power, one must grow ever more mighty. Wage war on other races. Demonstrate that the weak are not meant to possess what is meant for the strong. Killed everyone? Go go find someone else to kill. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, our resolve is never shaken. Show of weakness is a mortal sin. Displays of happiness, contentedness, and trust are forbidden. In society, you will fulfill the role assigned to you to the best of your ability. In battle, you must be relentless and implacable and merciless. I don't have like a witty. Yeah, that one's that a little one. weird. It's a little wordy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, those are the rules of Lodiger. So, basically, his rules kind of like perpetuate the misery of the Duergar. They are never yeah. happy. That's that's kind of the main shtick about them is they're never fucking happy. They're the Bergens from Trolls. Yeah. Very much so. They're just they, fucking everything up uh, and, and staying fucked and up. And there, there is some lore that states like part of this is because of the experiments that were done to their brains. They are actually incapable of feeling happiness. Oh God! So that I m- hate illithids, dude. Illithids like are yeah, they're they're wicked, horrible monstrosities. Nasty. Yeah, they're really bad. Oh God! <laughs> they're one of the worst uh, monsters in all of D anD. d Yeah, man, they they're really. Uh, I love using for... them in the space game. Yeah, there's gonna be fun. a lot of illithid shit. Oh, just man. get ready for it. <laughs> all I've seen are dead illithids, and that's the only illithid. That I've liked. Well, you did see the giant illithid uh, dreadnought that came out of space. That's true. Yeah, that, that was, was a spaceship. Was that a creature? Uh, oh my god! Spoilers. Spoilers. Indeed. Okay. I mean, it definitely had creature-like qualities to it. Okay. You saw that. That's so, anyways, true. the priests of Lodigur are the ruling class who are assi- who who do the assigning of the societal rule roles and arrange all Duergar marriages. Um, so yeah, the, as, essentially the Duergar are tw- are dwarves that are twisted in every way towards evil and unha- unhappiness. Is that kind of like? Um, a drow thing where they're like assigning you your mates and stuff to help like optimize the species that like sort of a parallel well, there the drow don't really assign mates it's more like the women do what they want yeah but don't they like make the men compete for was, was um, there yeah, something like that so, some some of the matriarchs will do that um for the most part it, the the main thing is this the the women rule everything and specifically the priestesses and the nobility mm-hmm. rule over like the slaves right, and okay. only the women can start a relationship. Right. Right. Um, if a man does, he'll be killed. And if so, like their genetic disposition, yeah. like optimizes them already because they're picking the best mates. Right. Well, with, with the drow. Yeah. It's all about eugenics. So yeah. this is kind of like, is this, this, this is really... more about pragmatism. Okay. It's not about like the genetics uh, okay. when it comes to the range of marriages. It's just like what works best for the Duergar. They're not like, we will have plus three con. No, they're, okay. not, they're not like that at <laughs> all. all. Right. But that's exactly what the drow are like. Okay. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> um, so yeah, so during their the time of their slavery beneath the mind flayers, uh, the Duergar were s- subjects to a variety of bizarre experiments that ended up endowing them with psionic abilities. Okay. All Duergar have an inherent ability to use psionic magic to turn invisible. Now, Ooh. this is on a recharge, so yeah, basically every like turn you roll a D5. Oh, wow. Oh, D- like a, uh, like a short recharge. Yeah, it's a short recharge. So every turn, uh, this is the monster stat. We're going to go over the Duergar stat. Uh, oh, the at, playable race stat. The playable race stat, okay. sorry. Um, and there might be a difference. I didn't actually check, but we're about to find out today. Yes. Um, 
So they can all use their psionic magic to turn invisible or, more famously, to enlarge themselves with the enlarge spell. Oh, cool. That's really cool. So enlarging themselves not only makes them uh, categorically large, but also doubles all their strength-based damage rolls. That's a devil thing, huh? I think I read something where somebody, I think, oh, God, what was it? It's just the spell. Like, wizards can do this. No, yeah, yeah, but there's a there's a devil thing that I read where um, oh I was reading Mordenkainen's Tome oh, of yeah. Foes and there's yeah. a there's like a devil pact where you get um, it, I think first level spell you get something but the second level spell was enlarge or or shrink. right That's so kind of interesting so is that like an Asmo thing not really I don't I wouldn't say exclusively it's just like it's just a spell yeah it's yeah just something okay. that can be done now and that's the thing though is. All editions, not 4E, lean into the psionic thing. Mm-hmm. 4E leans into devil magic. Okay. So, <laughs> sure. There it is. Got it. Um, so, okay. So, yeah, they enlarge themselves. So, some some Duergar can actually hone their psionic abilities even further and are able to craft, like, soul weapons made out of the psionic energy and stuff like that. And there's, there's a lot of uh, Duergar. Um, there's, like, different uh, versions of Duergar all throughout um, Mordenkainen's. Yeah, okay. So there's re- a lot of really cool options and and yeah, there it is. Some of them some of some of them uh use the whole psionic thing. Nice. I, th- I think that's cool um like at least you got to take away from your enslavement. Right, exactly. At least yeah. It's like the gith. Same thing with the gith. Yeah. Um, now you're psychic. Yeah. So so that's all I have on them besides the actual uh player player trait so. Uh, I'm I'm most interested in the player playable race like how different is it from is it like a so you're a dwarf. But yeah, the Duergar a... is a subrace. So you're going to get okay, all yes. the dwarven stuff. And dwarves actually get quite a few things. Number one, they're going to get that plus two to constitution because mm-hmm. they're just so stocky and sturdy. Um, More blood than other creatures. They do have a slower They do have a slower walking speed of 25. You're going to get the dark vision. Uh, you're going to get the dwarven resilience, which is advantage on saving throws against poison and resistance against poison damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get dwarven combat training, which means that you're proficient in battle axe, hand axe, throwing hammer, and warhammer. Um, you're going to get the tool proficiency, so you gain proficiency in the artisan tools of your choice, smith tools, brewer uh, supplies, or mason tools. Um, stone cunning, so you're going to get, whenever you make an intelligence history check related to the origin of stonework, you are considered proficient in history skill and add double your proficiency bonus to the check instead of your normal fr- proficiency bonus. You're proficient in dwarf-related things. Indeed. You're just, yeah, you're super about the dwarf life. Cool. So dwarf life. let's get to the subclass uh, or the subrace. So as a Duergar, you would get a plus one to your strength. Okay. Um, you would get an extra language of Undercommon, which makes sense. You live in the Underdark and you're yeah. from there. Um, you get Duergar Resilience, which means that you have advantage on saving throws against illusions and being charmed or paralyzed. Now, this has to do with the psionic <laughs> They're thing. like, never again. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but this also has to do with the psionic experiments. Mm-hmm. Like, they have more powerful minds, so they're more prone to resisting... They can see through bullshit. ...attacks of the mind. Yeah, yeah okay. And then the, the big one, you get Duergar Magic. So... Excuse me. When you reach third level, you can cast the enlarge and reduce spell on yourself once with this trait, using only the spell's enlarge option. So you don't get the reduce part. Okay. You just can get big. You can hulk out is really what this comes nice. down to. Uh, when you reach fifth level, you can cast the invisibility spell on yourself once with this trait. You don't need material components for either spell, and you can't cast them while you're in direct sunlight. Um, now that's interesting. Now, yes, Duergar do have sunlight sensitivity. As a matter of fact, that's the final feature. Okay, um, and it makes sense. All the all the underdark creatures, right? Do. I remember that being a thing with the Drow, where like if you want to be a playable Drow, you gotta like kind of find a way around that. 
right? right right exactly or i just fucking hand wave it yeah it doesn't yeah <laughs> so um so it says here that you can cast these spells again after a long rest okay um, so now it's the, not on the recharge because so it's, it's not a player. Because it's, it's a player. It's so yeah. you don't abuse mechanics. Right. Now, the invisibility for the monster stat block for the dual guard and the monster manual, yeah, it's a recharge. So what you do is every turn you roll a D6 and on a five or six, you can now do it again. Right. Okay. Um, which that would be broken. Yeah. Um, the way I would, if we were, we were trying to reflect that in a fair way, I would make it short rest, but it says here long rest. So you have to finish long rest to cast invisibility or enlarge again, which makes sense because those are those are good spells. I mean, it's pretty good. Those it's, are powerful are, spells. Are, are they just like trigger spells? Like you obviously don't need a slot. So you, you would have to use an action to enlarge or right. an action to cast invisibility. So um, are the, either of those spells like concentration? I'm asking for... for like, invisibility, I think, is concentration. I'd have to look at it. I don't think enlarge is concentration. Because I know if you're a barbarian, right, you can't yeah. cast spells while you're raging. But can yeah. you cast spells and then rage and then have concentration stay up? Like, can I... you enlarge and rage? <laughs> can you become the Hulk? Well, I mean, okay. Can you enlarge yourself? I I don't think enlarge is concentration, so I don't see why not. Okay. But also, like, you could just have someone enlarge you. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, yeah. like, but for this, if I want to be a barbarian, you right. know, Durgar, do I That would be difficult because you'd have to get and to, then rage. You'd have to get, uh, oh, as a Durgar, a barbarian. Hmm. Yeah, you would be able to enlarge and then rage. That's fucking yeah, cool. That would be really fucking cool. So yeah. I want to be the whole barbarian. Is what I do. Yeah, this is exactly what I would do. Yeah. And I'm never happy, just like Bruce Banner. Yeah, there you go. Sick. That's really cool. <laughs> I didn't think about it like that. Because, yeah, normally you'd have to become a spellcaster and get to a level high enough to do enlarge. But yeah. as a Duergar, you would not. Hmm. No, yeah, you can just get big. Yeah, and you get the strength and constitution. Yeah, mighty barbarian Duergar. Yeah, your uh, like your deficits in in the role play are that you're sad all, always. Yeah, it's true. You're you're just always depressed, and you've but. been tainted by Elithids and Asmodeus. Well, I think at this point it's time for us to get ready for our long rest. I think we should, and when we're getting ready for a long rest, we we like to say thank you to the listenership again. And yeah, thank um, you guys. Thanks a lot. Um, if you're subscribing on YouTube, that's really fucking cool. We appreciate it. Um, hitting that like button, those are all really good things. Leaving comments, we love to hear your feedback. On that note, um, if you guys want to leave an iTunes review. Um, that's be appreciated. sick as hell. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much to everyone who has been doing that. It's been really nice to read all that stuff. Um, if you uh, want to watch us play D and D, we have a live play game here on YouTube called Super Quest Saga. Yeah, the link below. You guys can check that out as well. There are a lot of links below. Yeah, a lot of links uh, below, encompassing all the things that we talk about, including uh, our our ongoing sponsorship with the Dungeon Booth. So check them out too. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, if you guys. Want to check out our alternate project? Did we talk about TDC Plays? I think we did earlier. In the short rest? I think we did, yeah. Check out TDC Plays. We play video games. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, what else do we want to talk about? Anything? No, no. I think we covered it. Okay, cool. With that being said. Let's call it a game. We'll call it a game. We'll talk to you guys Bye. later. metal makes the world better it fuck yeah it does i think so i think the metal is ugh, I, I could write a paper on metal metal is metal <laughs> hey there it's rachel ballinger and i am extremely excited to invite you to rachel uncensored it's my podcast where i sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so we cover things from personal stories to hot button issues 
And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.